Welcome back to the Pastor and the Witch podcast, recorded here in Muncie, Indiana. I'm here with my amazing, sexy, intelligent, stubborn hubby. I'm not stubborn. What are you talking about? Yeah, you are. Really? How so? Elaborate for me. You're just stubborn. (laughs) You mean driven. I'm driven. No, like going to like. the doctor. Oh, well, fuck doctors. No, I'm just joking, babe. Yes, um, my name's Grant. So, babe, let's uh, start this off by talking about this episode will not be the supernatural episode, but we've had some response to talking about that in the last, I think we've referenced it in two episodes. We're kind of just beginning work on that. Um, but I want to talk about Big D's, uh, email. Okay. So Dave, Dave Showalter is a friend of the podcast, but he's a friend of mine. And I grew up with his youngest, his only son and, and played in a band with him and Kent and I did as well. But Big D emailed in and kind of started talking about some supernatural activity at their house in, uh, here in Muncie. And, and I've been in that house a bunch before, but it was interesting because it's kind of like, when you talk about the supernatural, like most people are very, very intrigued by it. Yep. You know? And I think it's something that, especially like if you know, like if you know of like a place that has like, is known for having some weirdness happen, and you live by there, you always, like, look at that place, like, you know, with, like, this intrigue. Well, I had, well, you know, Emily and Megan. Um, I told you I was really close with them growing up. Um, Emily and Phil, you know. Anyway, they grew up in this house in Fairland, and their parents still live there, but my mom worked at Mr. T's down the road, and then I would play with them at their house. And they would always say their house was haunted, and their dad would always like tell ghost stories and freak us out. I honestly don't know if, I mean, it was true, but that house was a really old house. And it, I just remember like always looking at it, like you said, kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just pulled up Big D's uh, email. And uh, I love his emails, even though I feel bad because we have not responded to one physically. We've talked about him on the podcast, but. He he, kind of opens it up by telling um, a few years, several years ago, that he started a thread called "Ghost Stories Anyone," and you know it, it's interesting because, um, like that right there will make will make people want to like listen or read, you know, and so it's funny though because the way he talks and I don't you know I don't really want to do this episode now. I just want to talk about this. Uh, this email and you know it's interesting because 
some of these like energies or, or whatever you want to call them. Um, I've never had an encounter with one where, and I've and you know it's not like I've had a lot of encounters. It's really just a handful, but it's never I've never felt like threatened, you know, or like scared. I felt like paralyzed one time, but you know, I felt. Well, like, were you sleeping? Like, was it that, like, that sleep yeah. paralysis that people talk about? Well, no, it, it was just, like, more with, like, not fear of, like, I feel like I'm going to be hurt, but fear of, like, what the hell, you know? That was the apartment downtown. That was a weird... Oh, yeah. Zorn that lived in that weird. apartment. And, um... The one above Twin Archer? Yeah, it's, uh... I think it's 119 and a half Charles Street, and... We had talked to a few people that lived in those, like, because there's several apartments up there, but the doors on the street, and, uh, you know, just some weirdness happened, and uh, I hated going up in there by myself at night, you know, it's kind of sketchy part of town, I mean, it's not bad, but, you know, at night, it's just kind of weird, and I'd have to go up there sometimes, like, nobody would be home, and I'd run up there, but it just kind of gave off, like, a weird vibe, and there was a few things that happened there, and So, without getting too much into this topic, you know, I think that maybe I would love to have people, like, I want to read Big D's email, but as I started going through it again, I was like, man, I want to save these stories for the podcast when we do that, because they're cool stories, because they're not like, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden there was a baphomet on the wall, and the crosses were bleeding, and... (laughs) somebody speaking in latin and you know <laughs> spewing vomit like they're they're more like real stories you know right not like hollywooded up and that's what i always those kind of stories creep me out or intrigue me even more than like you know oh there's a fucking like a headless person carrying their head through the hallways you know like dripping blood and you're kind of like whatever but i was listening to joe rogan the other day and they were talking about ghosts. It might have been the one with, uh, no, it was the one with, uh, what's his name? That huge rapper. Oh, Post Malone. Yeah, yeah, Post Malone. And we're talking about the comedy store. So have you ever heard of the comedy store? Yeah. Just been around for years and years and years. And he said that everybody that's ever worked there or managed it or ran it where they've spent a lot of time there, they always have like weird stories. You know, things that have happened to them. But there's one that comics um, will have happened, and it'll be like, there's two rooms in the comedy store, and then there's this, like, upstairs you can go into. And they'll be, like, in between the rooms, like, hanging out, like where the comics hang out. And there'll be a bunch of them there. And then, like, one of them will notice, like, a comic that's dead or a comic they haven't seen, like, in years and they'll just like walk through the crowd like of comedians it's not like where the public sits i mean it's not a big place at all it's a club but they'll walk upstairs and then like people are like oh shit that was so and so you know or like fucking george carlin just walked through like what and then they'll go upstairs and there's nobody there and they don't see him again all night that's happened several times oh wow well this made me think of it but Adam Stoner, his shop. Yeah. He's posted all sorts of stuff 
that has happened in that shop at night when he's in there and it's closed and he's usually the only one in there and he's posted a few videos like where you hear stuff and and then like he'll catch something but usually they can prove that it could be something else like like dust or whatever but I don't know there's a lot of creepy stuff that goes on there what was that place before it turned into a tattoo shop um, honestly, I don't know, but I know that he gets a lot of like oddities. Is it an old building? Mm-hmm. So that, that well, that's interesting you say that. So do you think that objects have energy? Like when you say oddities, you know, I've seen some of that stuff in there, and mm-hmm. like he had that one book. You remember that? Oh yeah. Well, I know at one point they had collected like police gear from mm-hmm. someone who had oh, died. Yeah. And, um, like, it was his uniform and, I think, badge and other things. And it was in, I don't know if they put it in a container or if it came like that, but they were thinking, like, when they brought that to the shop, weird stuff started happening. So, I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but I just... No, I remember that because he he had the gun, remember? It was in the case. Yeah, it might have been the gun, And then he had, like, I think he had some riot gear or a uniform Mm -hmm. or bulletproof vest, something. Yeah, yeah, and I know they because it's still there actually. Because when we were there, he ha- they have it like in this enclosed. I just remember thing. standing there, and they had that book, and <laughs> and I remember asking them how much he paid for that book, and it was a lot. Because I think that book was from like the 16th century or 17th century. It's fucking old, and he was like holding it, and he was like, "This book would have got you killed when it came out for possessing it." And I was like, oh, I was like, oh shit, it would have. They would have burned you at the stake, man. <laughs> like, yeah, they get a lot of really neat stuff, like just real old, yeah. and I don't know, like a lot of stuff that I don't even know how to explain. But <laughs> well, you know, now that I work for IU Health, you know, like when I look out my office window, I can see the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Because we're like not in the hospital. But when you think about like places that a lot of people leave this world at, it would be a hospital, hands down, you know. And, you know, I've been in that hospital a shit ton throughout the years, and I've never had any weird experience, you know, like, whatsoever, outside of, like, just seeing people hooked up to intubators and shit like that. But supernatural or unexplained, nothing. But I'm, I'm going to ask somebody, like sometime when I have the chance, like, hey, like, any weirdness ever happen? Because, like, you know, how many people have died at the hospital since I think that hospital started in, like, it was in the, I mean, it was the early 20th century, maybe the teens. And huh. So, I mean, you think about how many people you think have died there? I mean, tens of thousands. Right. right? Well, I know that, I don't know, hospitals... Have, I've always been, like, weird in hospitals, but it's always funny, like, well, not funny, but if you go towards the basement, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, where, I guess, the morgue is usually at, I don't know. It's always, like, the morgue and the cafeteria. You don't <laughs> find that weird? Yeah, that is weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that I think about it, yeah. but it's always creepy down there, but I don't know if it's just creepy for everybody or if it's just... I don't know, but some of the really old hospitals that I've been in, I'm trying to think. Well, okay, there is like this nursing home that 
actually is Megan's mom. She worked at, and it was like this old, really, probably rundown nursing like home. Post war. Yeah, and it was yeah. super creepy in there. I went in there a few times as a kid. I don't know, but now, well, I you know always think of like places that have so-called energy. I mean, and I think I'm more to like notice if a place doesn't have any energy like where it's like man this place sucks you know it's kind of like like a lot of churches have this energy where you walk in and it's sterile you know and you're just like like it reminds me of like it's what it must be like at the un you know (laughs) they all come together and it's just like bad things are going down you know and it, it feels like that like I don't know how many churches i've been to some into some churches where it absolutely does not feel like that and it feels very just inviting and accepting it's very it's very it's very cool but it's very uh rare but most of them feel like that like you just entered a museum and don't touch anything even if they're not like per se like like a catholic church that has all this like cool artwork and stuff but like what what would be a place though babe that has like you would think would have energy or just you know something different Oh man. Um <laughs> I mean I'm gonna say like the typical place. No, well like, no, that's that's fine, babe. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a place that I've really been in. Well have you ever like I'll tell you a place that has a weird energy and it's not like, like supernatural, it's just like this weird vibe. Well a casino. Casinos have weird vibes. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's just weird. I I get like that at um, fairs. Mm. Is that because of the people you're surrounded by? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just with all the carnies and stuff. Yeah. Not to judge, but I'm just you know like. No, like fairs were different when I was a kid. <laughs> Me and Nick and Matt and Andy, we'd go to, like, the Buck Creek Festival in Yorktown. Kent would come with me sometimes. And it was just, like, I remember getting propositioned by a few carnival women. And one was back every year. And she would always ask me to go back to her camper with her. Uh. Yeah, I respectfully declined (laughs) every time. But, yeah, it's like that weird vibe. Yeah, casinos do for sure. Um, some bars do. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you know, I don't know, like, if you go to a bar, I don't know if it's maybe because you know shit goes down there a lot, but yeah. you just walk in there and you're just automatically uncomfortable. Yeah. And you just, like, we just shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has, there's, like, something about it. Some hotels. mm yeah, that's true. Yeah. You imagine all the weird shit that goes down at hotels? No, now? don't want to like think about it. Like some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even just like outside of like sex trafficking, but just like transactions that should never happen, you know? There used to be a hotel here in town, and it's it's been condemned. And um, it was like the Ramada back in the day, and then it was like the Red Carpet Inn or some shit. I think that was the last one. But I had a friend, Randy, he's he's dead now, but I worked with Randy. His name was Randy Huff. I worked with him for like six years, and uh, he would tell me stories about uh, 
this hotel when he was like in high school and just getting out his girlfriend was the manager there and this is on Madison you know and he said it happened all the time where like she'd like hear the bell so she'd have to get up and go to the front desk you know because it'd be like in the middle of the night and it would be like some some real how do I put this without coming off weird some very dangerous people probably drug dealers and they would say like we want a room for 20 minutes we're not paying for it and they'd have guns and they'd have bags she'd give Makita a room and they'd be in there people would pull up go to that room be in there for a few minutes come out and then a couple minutes after that the other people would leave and I imagine they were like selling some pretty big amounts of drugs or guns you know all the above who knows but but then you think about like prostitution you know is that that one hotel that is like all like tore up mm-hmm. and like yep. all the walls are out of it and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, there was another hotel here too that was really bad like that I forget what it was called it was on Broadway and you could like you know there was like people living there too you know like by the week or by the month just people down and out and uh but I remember um, I used to hang out with this girl. She was that girl I was telling you about the other day when that, you know, she kind of kind of lost her way and became a prostitute and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when she was in high school, she came from a rough family. But um, when she was in high school, her parents lost the house or I don't know if they had a mortgage on it, if they rented it, but whatever, they lost possession and they lived in that hotel for like, I don't remember, it was a fucking while. Probably like several months. Damn. And I remember going there and it was just like weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like parents out there like with like half gallon jugs of shitty fucking like rock gut whiskey or chain smoking and people smoking dope and just yeah. like people that you know are probably not very happy you yeah know? i i can't remember details i will if i think about it but i remember being in other people's homes before like as a kid or you know just being with people and going to someone they know and yeah. it's just like uncomfortable and you can tell there's a lot of negative shit that goes on yep. Yeah, yeah. it's weird how that, like, those houses that you go to when you're growing up and you know, like, the dad beats the shit out of everybody or you know that, like, the mom's, like, got a coke habit, you know, and there's some weirdness. You cannot kind of always, like, tell a vibe compared to, like, the family that, you know, is not struggling with substance abuse or domestic violence. You ever been in a house where growing up like where one of the siblings had passed away um well yes well we were older it was high school but um i was friends with a girl her name is chelsea um her brother was killed in a car wreck and he was a couple years older than her 
I think it happened his senior year. Um, but yeah, I mean that was. But like, she did they did they have his room the same and everything? Um, man, I feel like they kept it like that for a while, and then they finally did like go through it. But I don't really remember a whole lot. I've never really had any experiences like that. I had a friend that lost a brother, but he was young and we were young when it happened and they ended up moving out of that place but you know, it's interesting my you know me and my brother we don't really talk but back when we did you know my mom's or my dad's mom she died in 1978 so my brother would have been nine years old and so I wasn't born yet but she was a chain smoker Smoked five packs of Camel non-filters a day. Ooh. World War II. Like, she was a nurse in World War II, but just like that. That generation, you know. And, um, obviously, she passed away of lung cancer. But my brother was, like, the first... My dad was an only child, and my brother was the first grandchild. And, evidently, my, my grandma just, like, fucking loved being a grandma. And, you know, she never had a license. She never... You know, she didn't drive... And she was, like, a waitress and stuff, but, you know, she really just, like, kind of very, very dependent on my grandpappy, Mm -hmm. you know, who was a womanizer and alcoholic and stuff. But she just loved my brother, and and my brother really, really loved her. And she died in the hospital in Muncie, but, you know, she had had a – it was a little – it wasn't a quick battle. It was a pretty long, drawn-out process. But the day she died, she died in the morning. And um, my brother, I remember him telling me this, and he was like dead serious, that when she died, he was at home, and he was like asleep. And she died really early in the morning. I think it was like 5 or 6 in the morning. And he said that he didn't know she died. And she wakes him up in bed, and they go walking outside, and she tells him that everything's going to be okay and it's all right. And he was like, I remember like thinking like, of course it's going to be okay. Because like, you know, kids, like people don't die when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're immortal. So you don't really understand the concept of death unless it happens to you. Um, so like, was this like a dream or he well, felt like it really happened? He's like, man, I remember walking outside like, and it was like, he was like, it was as fucking real as day. And we were walking, and she was telling me it was okay. And he's like, I remember the sun being out, and just like, like we were there. And it was at like the house where he lived, like my first house that I I lived in when I was a lot, when I was born. But he, it wasn't like you know, in a dream, you're at your house, but it's really not your home, you know, just in a dream it is. So, and then you know, he went back to bed. Huh. So, and then he found out, you know, when he woke up or later on that morning that she had died. It's things like that, you know. Yeah, I totally believe in that stuff. I mean. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's very weird. But it's okay that it's weird. Yeah. It's a good kind of weird. But it's like so damn intriguing. I know. You know? Like I could talk about it for hours. You'd be like fascinated with like just these unknown things, these weird things, you know? 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to really think because I know I've had a lot. I mean, I've not really experienced anything like huge, but I've had weird stuff happen, and I've like, which I kind of like what we were just talking about, like picking up weirdness in places, yeah. you know, like just not feeling like eerie feeling. Maybe we should do a, like a two part series and like kind of talk about some because I have several stories and they're not all my stories, you know. Yeah. But. Some of them I have to be careful about because some of the family is probably still alive. There's this, there was this one woman in Yorktown that my mamo used to tell me about. She'd always point out the house, and I imagine like her kids are probably like my parents' age, so there's probably like grandkids like right. my age or some shit, you know. This wouldn't want to like hurt anybody, but you know, like that story is a very weird story. Huh. Very it happened in the. My meemaw was like, she was born in the 20s, so it was probably like in the in the 30s, maybe 40s, but it's a weird story. Well, you're going to have to tell me after. <laughs> I should probably just tell it now, but <laughs> do you hear that? L7 being a punk? No, but actually I didn't realize it was her, but... Uh, well... The story is, is of this woman, and there's a house in your town that she lived in, and it's an older house. It's a really nice-looking house, but this woman, I don't remember all the details. I know she played piano, and I know that she had a kid, and something happened with her and the husband. I don't know if there was, like, there was going to be a divorce, and that was the time when, like, divorce was, like, social suicide you know and but something happened and I don't know if she got hooked on like Thorazine or some benzodiazepine stuff but she, I think she started taking something and back then it was like a liquid form you drink it and I don't I think that she she was sent away she lost custody of her child and her husband sent her away to, like, a, uh, you know, back then they didn't have, like, treatment facilities. Like, right. drug addiction back then was meant because, like, like you're sinful, you know. Yeah, like I'm Yeah, it's a character flaw. It's not, <laughs> yeah. And it's not, like, the way it's looked at today. Thank God. But she ended up, I don't know if she committed suicide or she accidentally overdosed. Something. She died. Okay. And that house, the piano, like, they still lived there. The family did, right? Uh-huh. And the piano would start playing huh. randomly. But then also, my memo said that she saw it. Like, a bed in there would, you'd be in that room, and all of a sudden, it just looked like an impression of somebody was laying there. Wow. Yeah. And then there were some other things about, something about doors, and there would be, like, a tapping. I don't remember what it was, though. But, you know, shit like that, where, like, it's, it's weird. Right? Yeah, well, my cousin Brent, he used to do the whole ghost hunting stuff. And um, he doesn't do it anymore, and he hasn't done it in years. But he showed me, I went over there one time, and uh, he was showing me some of, like, the recordings they had caught or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were, I forget where they were, because they went, 
like to Kentucky and then they were in a couple of places in Indianapolis and so I don't remember remember where but it was in this old house or it could have been an old restaurant but it's late at night you know and they ha- you can hear them talking or whatever and they leave and you hear them shut the door well all of a sudden you start hearing like the piano and you hear faint footsteps you hear like doors creaking. I mean, it's like, and you can tell it's different. Like it's not them. Yeah. So it was, even though I was listening to it and I didn't actually, like I wasn't there, but it was still, because I know him and I know that like he wouldn't fake Manipulate that. Manipulate something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. Well, you know, I kind of like how, I don't know Adam Stoner, you know, I just know him because of you and his wife but i don't know them well i don't know them very well either but yeah but i mean like you talk with them and stuff and yeah but the way they approach like you know because sometimes weird noises happen and it's totally like there's scientific evidence of why something would happen like that or sometimes you know doors move you know it's just part of it but i like how they always kind of approached it as like reasons why it wouldn't be first yeah well i know they're really good about that like man i could talk to them about this and get like more details but um that one it was in a shop and i think some noise happened because i'm trying not to get like different one confused with this one but um he had his phone camera out and he was like recording and at one point it looked like there was a shadow figure that was caught and like people were going through and he was like yeah it could be like the reflection of the mirror or just the angle from the shadow coming off of you know because he had like the lights were off but he still had like the shop light and there might have been like one light in the back or something and it could have been a reflection from that or a shadow so yeah they always try and like give reasons of why it could just be something normal but their house is haunted, too. Like, they've had things happen in their house. Well, you know, like, there's a place here in town that i got to be careful how I do this because this place, I think, is still in operation. And it's a... It's a put up the family in the funeral homes. They had like a wing that was usually just like one room, sometimes two rooms, but it was like a very primitive hotel. So they could stay there, you know, do the funeral, and then it was just part of it. But there's a crematory there, so they would cremate bodies, and this place turned into, let's just say, a, a social um, a social workplace, and my sister worked there Kelly and um, 
in the basement, they would have to go, sometimes they'd have to go down there to, like, get shit in storage or office supplies or files. And there was this guy that would always be seen down there. Not always, but, like, was seen pretty regularly. And he wore old clothes, like, old in the sense of, like, from another time period, right? And I, if I remember correctly, he was a taller guy. I'm pretty sure he was white, but he kind of had this, like, glow to him. And uh, people would see him, and he was never, like, mean or anything. I mean, it scared the shit out of people because it's like a fucking ghost <laughs> or something. But I asked my sister, I was like, what do you say to him? She's like, I always just tell him to go towards the light. And I'm like, that's funny. But, like, yeah. And I was like, does he? Like, what does he do? And she's like, well, he'll just be gone. You know, it's not like he just sits down there. But, like, you'll see him. Or you'll look over, and there he is, and he'll be looking at you. Oh. But, you know, he never gives off this, like, he's going to hurt you, or he's mean, or he's in pain, or he's caught in between the cosmos. You know, like, huh. it, it's just, like, one of those things, like, this is a weird thing, you know? Wow. Yeah. It would scare the shit out of me. Like, I've never actually seen a ghost. You know what I mean? Like, something like that, I've never seen. And really? I j- yeah, like I just, I mean, I thought I've seen things, but to actually know for certain, like your story, yeah. that we'll get to another another time, and like like Kelly, like know that you've seen a ghost. Well, I, you know, I saw like a a little a little girl dancing one time. Yeah, I remember that, that one. That was fucking weird. We should save all that for another one. Feel like we're just like because we've already filled up this episode with what we said we weren't. <laughs> this is a huge tease, yeah. But hopefully, people will email in and message in like stories and we'll oh, yeah. read them and talk about them, yeah, definitely. Because we could fill up three or four episodes with this stuff, yeah, definitely. You know, and that's that's one thing I want to talk about. You know, you and I were talking today, like, what do you want to talk about on like the next podcast? and you know, these last few episodes we have kind of ventured off a little bit, but I think it's, I think it's cool because it kind of just shows like who we are as people, like what we like talking about or right. what we like doing. Right. And in the first few episodes were pretty heavy. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about a lot of shit that we were going through, but I do think we should kind of go back a little bit and kind of get heavy again because we still have a lot to tell. Definitely. And, you know, I don't know if you remember this sure you do but like i wanted to wanted to do an episode where you talk about what it's like living with the true narcissist yes and that you know that's one thing too that like when you do these like heavy episodes i mean it's fun i don't know if i'd use the word fun definitely therapeutic but like it's fucking heavy yeah, and it can drain you for a little while, yeah. even after we're finished talking about it. Yeah, because, like, we go, like, we leave this room where we're recording, and then it's like, damn. Yeah, you know? you're kind of, like, rethinking about it. Yeah, because you're like, man, <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not that, like, I haven't dealt with stuff, or I'm still trying to figure out stuff, but, like, sometimes when you, especially, like, things that are hard, or, like, we're, uh, like, a... You know, like with me in the church, it's one of those things that it's still not necessarily always fun to talk about because even if you're not mad or still hurt, you're still 
you're you're still hurt a little, you know. But like when you talk about it, you just kind of walk away feeling drained. Right. And then I kind of feel one thing I would hate to like I would want people to listen to this podcast, and I know it's happened a lot from like the feedback we've got. But I don't want people to feel. I want them to feel like good, you know. But I want them to be able to hopefully relate, you know. And I think we're doing that. Yeah. We've I mean, had I, a lot of positive feedback. Yeah. More than expected. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, pr- we're very fortunate about that. I, Like I was telling, like when we were talking the other night outside of Valhalla with Jay, like I hope the next band I'm in or that we're in is as successful as this because it doesn't happen. You know, like... Bands are weird, especially like shitty bands like that we all play in. Like, do you really? I mean, people like, especially the first year, people don't reach out to you. I'm like, hey, you want to play the show? You're always like having to beat down doors, you know, to play gigs or get on tours, and that's just part of it. But like, I was wondering how this podcast would go, and I had n- really no like idea, you know, but how it's kind of turned out. It's like can't we can't keep up with it you know it's impossible yeah like we kind of had a reality check this last week um you know last weekend we went out on the boat and had a chill weekend and um but yeah like the kids are starting school and we're about to go back to school and this podcast is something that we're like gonna keep up on but we're we're realizing like we can't slack. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to slack, you know. Yep, and keep up with everything else. Yeah. You know, I think I, I really do want to talk about, you know, your experience, like with what we talked about earlier. Um, but it, it's like one of those episodes, like you really have to think about some stuff. and. Yeah. Well, it's like sometimes when we're talking even – in the middle of recording, like, sometimes, like, if you ask me a question, like, I won't know off the top of my head, but then if I think about it, then I start to have all these stories come together. Yeah. But definitely for something like that, like, what it's like to live with a true narcissist, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm really going to have to sit down and, and write some stuff down. Because, and you know, too, like, I, I think it's good for people. It's not a perspective you hear very often. You definitely hear it more than you did, but more like with sexual abuse. You you know, there's a lot of awareness about sexual abuse, and it's a very, compared to what it used to be anyway, it's much more open and dealt with or addressed. But the perspective of a mom or a parent, but especially a mom, that has gone through like what you've been through with that, you don't hear that perspective very often, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you know, really what little we've talked about it, the response like that people, you re- you realize that there's a lot of people out there that deal with that shit every day, you know, yep. like the regret and the, the guilt and things like that, you know, so it's good for people to hear because like, we're not, nobody's alone in this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, I share a lot about it on my social media, and I've had a lot of people message me and just tell me how it's helped them kind of, you know, like you said, not feel alone. And Yeah. 
It's inspiring. And you know, that's like something that I have no personal experience with, you know, from a, the perspective of a parent, you know. And it's, I think what all, what people need to hear, especially mothers, is that, you know, just from what I've witnessed with you, like going through the whole court process and, you know, how everything played out, seeing how, you know, there are things that come up, maybe red flags, but like that stuff isn't as blatant as it is in hindsight. You know what I mean? Like when you look back and you go, how did I not, how did I not catch this? Or how did I not know something? In hindsight, it's very fucking clear because it always is in hindsight because it's a big fucking regret and it's a fucking like out in the open. But before then, you know, I mean, you think about it. Like say if somebody came in here today and said, hey, you molested me. And you're like, no, I didn't. Like, what are you talking about? It's their word against your word, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not even going to talk about like cancel culture or anything. But I'm just going to talk about like the dynamics of two people having conflicting stories. In your case, you're talking with a guy, and he's a narcissist, and narcissists are great manipulators, and but you're also a victim, and you don't see it at the time, you know? Right. And then, you know, we'll talk about that later, but like... I it's think a it's mind a, control thing. Yeah, and I think it's a perspective that, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I've heard people talk about it. I mean, I'm... Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of women don't realize sometimes, like, with a narcissist, like, because, and like I said, we'll talk about it, but narcissists are really good about making you feel like you're the crazy one Mm -hmm. and that you're acting crazy and that you're fucked up and that, you know, and that you need to calm down and chill out and, you know, so, but yeah. That'll be something I'll have to really sit down and think about and write some shit down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one that, like, <laughs> I mean, it'll be good doing it, but it won't be at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I want to kind of, like, ask you from my perspective, so in the sense of really detailed stuff of, you know, going through your day with him and what's a typical day. What you've talked about, how he was with kids in general, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I because like you know I, fuck you know we talked about this before like when you've come through something like that, especially when you're the one that's being abused, you know you you think that nobody else ever has, and you're terrified to let anybody know that or hear about it, you know, and um and then when you do, you realize that like you're the majority like the mi- the minority is people that haven't been you know yeah it's so common anymore yeah. like it really is yeah i mean can i can't imagine like, can you imagine like back in the day when they didn't talk about the shit like how mm. rampant yeah you know? but one thing about me is like i can't imagine being with someone like that now well that's another perspective though that i want you to talk about because like you'll be able to look back and and I know you have, but like talking about it, look back to like who you were then and who you are now, you know, from a self-reflecting perspective. Right. You know? 
Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I like who I am, you know? I mean, yeah, I wish my back didn't fucking hurt all the time. or But I'm talking about more like my character and how I am. I mean, I get mad sometimes like everybody else, but like I like the stuff I'm into, you know? I love the fact that I love Motorhead. You know, <laughs> like I love that. But I love the fact that like I'm into stuff that's like kind of weird and creepy sometimes. But I'm also like I love like in the sense I wouldn't say I love myself, but I wouldn't want to be anybody else, you know. I wouldn't want to change anything. I wouldn't want to, you know. I don't see any like things where I'm like, ah, oh, I struggle with self-hatred. I don't have self-love, but it's not definitely not self-hatred, you know. Yeah, well, that's one thing with me. Like, I'm learning to, I've I've definitely learned self-love, but I think it's more just, like, I I don't want to say I dislike myself because I don't know if it's ever really been that I didn't like myself. I mean, I, I guess, of course, there's a lot of things I've done that I regret, but I just mean I think I'm trying to just be more comfortable mm-hmm. with who I am. And who I want to be and not be afraid to, like, just be different. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Not really change me, but just. Do you think it's weird how when you get older, your view of different changes? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I look at different now that I'm, you know, 39. The different I viewed when I was 21 was much more topical and much really much more shallow and the different I view now is more based around like health and mental health than it is the shallow topical outside things so I kind of look at you know how you see some people and you can kind of see right through it like you know it's like the people on social media where they're they're always posting like those smiley pictures and you know it's always everything's great like but not really, you know. They don't talk about the real shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they're they're just presenting something that's not really there. I see those and I feel bad. I hear people talk all the time. Like in where, you know, they they look at people and they're like, Man, that you know, this guy's an asshole, but he's got everything and he's so happy and it's just like, eh. He's not He's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I have people like that in my family where I'm like, Yeah, they're not happy, you know, like, and I feel bad that they're not happy, but, like, the idea that, you know, sometimes, like, I don't care how many houses you own or how big your fucking whatever is, you know, like, your bank account or whatever, that will divert the real issues at hand for a while. It will kind of help you, uh, you know, not address them and not recognize them for a little bit, help you neglect them, but... Not long, you know. The real, the real aspect will, will come out. I mean, I, you know, I look at us. That was like the biggest thing with the the church. I didn't understand why I looked at us, and I was just like, I'm fucking happy. Like, the fuck is wrong with that? Like, what what is wrong with that? Like, the fact that Jordan is not a Christian or even like a, a Jesus follower. We use an even broader term. I'm happy. Like, you know, do you think God's mad at me because I married you? No. I, I don't either. I mean, 
I have a lot of things that, like, if the, if that's what makes makes God mad, like, that's not the only thing that I've done. Because I've done, you know, like everybody else, I've done stupid shit. I've done good shit, you know. But I looked at that where I was like, man, like. Yeah, and if God, like, was mad at you for marrying me, then what kind of God is it? Well, and <laughs> it is that kind of, like. Like, you know. It, it's that. I don't know what the term is but i used to know but it's like where you know it, it kind of is that like if you do good you know then like god will reward you which is totally not biblical at all it's like you know all the all the apostles except one died pretty bad death <laughs> only one lived in old age and just died of natural causes most people in the bible don't eat, don't eat, don't meet a pleasant end. You know, it's usually violent. It's usually quick, um, but it's usually violent. And so the idea that, like, if you do good, it's kind of like putting God in your back pocket. That's why I always view it. Like, if you do good, then God has to do these things for you. And there is that. So there's that question of, like, whoa, why does, like, bad shit happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? You know, which is a valid question, you know, or like, why do kids suffer? You know, valid question. Very valid. You know, well, maybe it means like do good to people like they always talk about how like giving to others makes you feel good and makes you rise up in frequency. Yeah. I mean, that could very well be true. You know, I think that's the biggest I heard somebody saying today, you know, like. If I can't see it, I, I can't believe it. And I, I totally I totally get that, you know? I mean, some people aren't spiritual, you know? Some people, they just aren't, you know? Like, the idea of praying or the idea of even, like, meditating or being something that's existential to them is a totally... It's not even a foreign concept. It's something that can't even be a concept. And I, it's okay, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like one thing. So, like with the church, you will have people, a majority of people will believe that, you know, like you've been saved. And it's, and, and I, I do believe this partially that you've been saved, but it's nothing on your account. It's nothing that you did or didn't do, right? And, the reason why you believe in Jesus is because that God just chose to illuminate this and, and you believe now and you softened your heart and, you know, kind of Romans where you confess with your lips and believe with your heart. But then there's another group of people that believe that, you know, you just, you have to make that choice and you have to make the right choice. And the right choice in their eyes is you have to believe in Jesus and the typical Judeo-Christian thing. Well, my problem with that was that so if we're saved and we believe but it's really not of our doing and I don't think it is right like I didn't wake up one day and be like oh, I'm gonna follow Jesus you know what I mean like I never say that ever but like I never thought oh, I'm just gonna follow Jesus and I believe in him now and then I just kind of like hold on to dear death that like I just keep telling myself so I'll eventually believe a lie to myself right so the main perspective is though that 
it's not of your doing. So my issue was like, why do you treat people then that from your belief is that God chooses people? Some people call it election, that God chooses people, right? For you to believe, you heard, and now you believe, you've been saved, which I believe. But if people don't have the choice, <laughs> then why teach you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then they'll be like, well, we got free will, so you can't have, a, you know, like no abortion or nothing, you know, no same-sex marriage. You can, no, but it's like you got to believe. But then it's like, well, you just believe, though, that, like, it's not of your doing. So, and God has basically enabled this and allowed this, which I do believe is true. But the other side of, like, where people just need to believe. Or how many times did you hear, like, we don't need, like, you know, I saw a meme today. We don't need a new stimulus package. We need Jesus. Like, and it's like, that's what's wrong with this country. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm like, damn it. You know, like, we need to take memes away from certain people. Yeah. And, but, like, at the same time, like, it's also one of those things to me that, like, if it's not of your doing, then why do you beat people up for and marginalize them for not believing, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. There's buzzing. Yeah, it's just a, I don't know, it's like me thinking out loud, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up for yeah. tonight. We're at 53 minutes, so we will be doing the uh, Supernatural talk sometime soon so if you're interested or just want to tell us a story you can reach us at the pastor and the witch podcast at, at gmail our facebook page or on our website at the pastor and the witch.com yep thank you for listening and we'll see you well not really see you but hope you tune in next time